welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate, and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose, and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Molly Pompadit, and today we have a very special guest, someone near and dear to my heart. Her name is Cynthia De Lorenzi, and she is the founder of Success in the City and recently became the chairman and co-founder of Enable Women. Cynthia is a TEDx woman, an international motivational speaker, expert interviewer, and moderator, co-author, and social media expert consultant. She's a producer. She's an artist. She's a futurist who likes to refer to herself as a social entrepreneur and social commentator on the status of women in our world and their impact in our culture and our economy today. Cynthia has an amazing passion for empowering others, and the principle of paying it forward is the driving force for Enable Women. I'm so delighted to have you here today, Cynthia, and I can't wait for you to share more about this initiative and this uh, organization, Enable Women. Thank you for being with me. I'm thrilled to be here with you, Molly. Well, Cynthia, I know that you are dialing in from uh, New Mexico. So what is it like there? And for our audience that are meeting you for the first time, you were here in the Washington, D.C. area for many, many years and made a decision to go out to New Mexico. So tell me what, tell me what it's like out there and what the differences and what the similarities are. Wow. Well, New Mexico is very different. I bought a house in a foreclosure auction in a town I've never been to. That tells you a little bit about my personality. (laughs) Um, People say it's brave. I don't know that I would necessarily say I was brave, but I certainly have a big spirit for adventure. And we moved to New Mexico, and it is called the Land of Enchantment. And it truly is that. Anybody who's looking for a place to escape, even briefly, needs to come to New Mexico. You have big skies. The skies and the clouds here are magnificent, and they inspire you every single day. We're surrounded by mountains. Actually, Las Cruces is in the center of a caldera, and a caldera is actually the inside cone of a volcano. Now, this is billions and billions and billions of years ago, so we're not on or inside an active volcano. But if you stand here in Las Cruces and look around, you'll see mountains like circling around you, and that's because that's what we are. So, but it's a beautiful state, a great place for adventure. We live close to Mexico. We live close to El Paso, um, which is on the Juarez border. So, uh, it's a great place to be. Wow. Well, I know also that you're a photographer and you you love to paint, and you're you're pursuing your passion in terms of uh, being an artist out there and the, your love of colors. I can imagine that's a great place of inspiration. You know, it's funny when I was living in Washington D.C. and my husband is the one who cooks in our family, and I one day said to him, I said, "I am starving." He goes, "What do you want?" I said, "I am starving for color," mm. and he goes. I have no idea what that is. I said, I have to start painting again. And it's so funny how our consciousness, our what happens us internally, our guts will 
everything we need to be doing will start bubbling up. And everything I was painting, and this was two years before I ever moved to New Mexico, was in the colors of the golds and the oranges and the turquoises, all the colors of New Mexico. Wow. So my internal clock, my intuition was ignited that this is what's going to happen. And what's really, and you and I talk a lot about spirituality and, mm-hmm. and tapping into what we're supposed to be doing. We bought the house online. It, I was not planning on looking for a house in New Mexico. I simply pulled the Forbes top 20 places to retire, not intending to retire, but looking for the next place because I lived in D.C. to care for my family. And when my parents died, my family wanted me to kind of move on to the next thing. And um, when we bought this house, I keep a vision board right next to my computer. And I always have things that I want to one day do or go towards so that always in my subconscious, I'm paying attention to those things. And after we bought the house, I um, pulled up my vision board. I said, I want to show you something. And on my vision board, I had a stucco home. Mm -hmm. So I was going to move here and never really knew that I was. And he said, why did you ever say something? I said, who'd ever think we'd move to New Mexico? I mean, I couldn't even imagine me telling you I want to buy a house, you know, an Adobe home. So... (laughs) We, we did it. So trust your intuition, trust your gut, trust your instincts and listen to what it's telling you. Wow. Well, we have uh, almost a you know, half hour to a full episode, full hour episode here to talk about intuition and trusting yourself and the universal laws, all those things that you and I love to talk about. But what I'd like to take our audience back to is when you actually um, started Success in the City, and what was your inspiration and your intention there for for women and for business owners and for the world of entrepreneurs? Can you take us back to um, when you decided to start something that was for women and, um, you know, kind of the, the history behind all of that? Sometimes we fall into what we're supposed to be doing by accident. I moved to Washington, D.C. in 2002 following the death of my brother, who was the CEO of an internet service provider company called PatriotNet. It's a very highly regarded company. He had incredible success. It was the cutting edge of technology. And when he died, I recognized I needed to stand in and help my family, support the company. So that's what happened. Um, The personal side of the story is in 2004, after I'd been there for two years, and you can imagine it was extraordinarily stressful. My mother had been very ill. My brother died unexpectedly. So I was managing a lot of very complicated things from his estate to the company to the care of my family. And um, in 2004, my doctor found a large tumor on my left ovary. Mm -hmm. And this is part of a story in so many ways, the things that happen to us and how we engage in the world. And she was very candid with me. And she said, I really want to be candid with you and upfront. I think this looks very serious. So I think we need to be prepared for the worst. So... That kind of shocked my world. And what really shook everything up for me was the fact that my family was still very deeply steeped in the grief of my brother's death. And I couldn't imagine how they were going to manage the loss of, from their youngest child to the eldest child in the family and support me at the same time. So I knew I needed a supportive network. The outcome of the story is it was benign. I was very lucky. But it was that recognition that I needed to have women around me who won were facing huge challenges, were entrepreneurs, had a lot of demands on their time, who were smart and supportive, who maybe had resources in a new city for me that I wasn't aware of. So it made sense. But I didn't know how do you go find 
women friends when you step into leadership. I didn't have the opportunity to grow into leadership with peers and colleagues. I stepped into this role in a new city. So I had a one-time networking event as a joke to say goodbye to sex in the city. It was purely <laughs> a joke. And it was so unwashington because the purpose was to have personal relationships, not business networking. And if you're looking for business networking, you can start at 6 a.m. in D.C. and in at 11 o'clock at night and spend every hour networking. But I wanted women who could be friends and colleagues and support networks, not only for me, but vice versa. So it got leaked to the press. We sold out. People loved it and insisted we do it again. And that's how Success in the City was born. But one of the things we made a commitment to was it was honoring the peer relationship, the status of being a friend, a girlfriend, that the first thing isn't to walk in a door and go, hey, how can I get a deal from you? How can I make you deal with me? It was about getting to know you first. So that was the approach. And what we tapped into was this unexpected knowledge that we desperately need to have people just like us around us. I always say in many of my speeches is that men do things from a physical plane because they're testosterone based, which is they hit it, chase it, capture it, kill it, or pee on it. <laughs> and women turn to each other and talk it to death. And that's what we wanted to create that environment where women could do that, be themselves naturally in their own same environment. So that's how we were born. That's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I'd leave it up to you to say stuff like that. <laughs> this think is, about it. It's true. It is so true. And I was so fascinated because I was still very new at the time in my practice. You and I met. It was so beautiful. When we met, we sat down and we cried together the first time. And you were sharing your story of your brother and just the you know intensity um, and insurmountable stress that you walked in into and you had just started this success in the city and I was grieving the loss of my late fiance at the time and then my father was sick with cancer and just so many things and it was such a great time because here you were looking for a support system and here I was struggling to find a support system trying to start anew with everything in my life and we just you know sat together and it was just like I'd known you all my life so it's amazing that when we open up and share and be ourselves and just tell the truth about our reality um, you actually find real authentic friendships the ones that are lasting, the ones where you don't even have to talk all the time, but the moment you see each other or pick up the phone, it's like soul sisters. I think that's so beautiful and powerful for us to have. It really is. And I never forget when I first met you, your, your being, your purpose and your journey was to be where you are today. You had this calling. It didn't matter how much you, you said, no, I'm going to fit into this traditional niche, whatever career you were in. And I will remember that was, you know, you were great at it, but that wasn't where you were intended to be in this world. Your gift is to share this passion and this calming influence and this vision and wisdom that we need to support each other and be together and help women achieve everything that they need, but more importantly, what they want to. I think we teach ourselves not to be authentic, and I think we have a responsibility as we become aware of this that we don't have to fit in other people's boxes. We have to have our own crayons and color our own world and live there. Mm -hmm. 
Well, what I love also is having time with someone like you who is in a different generation, uh, but at the same time, we have so much similarity. And I think that becoming authentic or, or being who you truly are meant to be, it comes with um, a certain set of responsibilities, right? To, to show up and be that for others, even though it's scary when we first try and do this thing called be authentic. <laughs> what does that mean? And how do I uncover who I really am after all these years of really just trying to survive, trying to fit in, in my case, because I was, you know, growing up here, I wasn't born in the U.S. And there's so many things, right? But the point is, I think it's really important that when we discover what that means to be ourselves and we can start to step into that, we also become the example and others can see that we're fumbling, but we're trying to find this, this thing that is a reality of who we are. And it gives them permission. I mean, wouldn't you agree? It gives them permission to, to go deeper. Absolutely. I think that's what's so interesting about you look at the generations and how we've traveled through it. And um, it is so important that those who've experienced it share that wisdom and that knowledge and to reassure women, it's okay. It's okay. And I think it's not everybody's going to do it, but it's okay. Go do and be what you feel called to do and be. There's nothing more unsettling than to be in a place that really isn't truly you. Every day now, I used to... And, you know, for one thing, everybody, you know, always thought I was such a great dresser and everything, which was the funniest thing in the world because everybody who knew me candidly knew my husband dressed me, that I'm a tomboy, <laughs> I'm a geek, I'm a nerd. And every sing single day I get up and I put on my blue jeans and my, my – that is me authentically. And I am so much more there standing on the desert in jeans and being that and still realizing that all the things that I've experienced and want to share with people still has great value. So it's not necessarily the suit you wear that gives you power. Mm. And authentic authenticity, it is who you are truly because that's what we all inspire. That is why one of the things that women do, when, and one of the things I always wanted to create was an environment where women can share. And just like if you and I talk, when we talk, especially when we're working with through challenges and conflicts and stresses and strife in our life, when we have girlfriends we can talk to, who we're really talking to is ourselves. And if you're a good friend, you listen without judgment and give women permission to hear what they need to say. And I know that that's happened for me time and again. I have to talk things through, not expecting anybody to give me the answers, but knowing that as I articulate it and talk it out, that I begin to go, oh, that, that has reason. Oh, that really resonates with me or, oh, God, that sounds stupid. <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> but we need all of those things to do. And that's why it's important to have somebody like you who creates a space and place where people can come and express their, their concerns and their, their challenges and frustrations. And you give them the opportunity to hear what they really need to hear from themselves. We have the answers inside us. We know it. We just need to recognize it and hear it. 
This is such a perfect uh, discussion for where I wanted to take our conversation. And you have this great philosophy about changing the world. And I think it's universal. And I think you, we hear a lot of it now in terms of thought leadership, where if you want to change the world, you have to change yourself first, which is, again, perfect for what we're talking about. Now, when f- from your perspective in your mind, um, what have you done to get there in terms of changing yourself and how have you been able to then share yourself with the world in a positive way and the the community that you wish to serve can you share with us what your niche is or what your goal and your hope is really uh, when you share yourself you know it's so interesting and I think about this a lot one what what you just said is the truest thing you will ever know and I mentor a lot of business leaders and women and young women and you know and, and so often I hear the frustration in relationships or career or anything else and I always say and this is true and if you're listening to this podcast know this message is intended for you if you want to change someone or something or your job or a relationship it is you that has to change no one will change but you, you cannot affect change. You cannot make somebody quit smoking if they're not committed to quit smoking. You cannot cure an alcoholic unless they no longer want to be an alcoholic. It has to be you. And when you do that, I want you to stand back and begin to look at how the world begins to bend towards you. If you're not in a happy relationship, you bring happiness to the relationship. You're non-judgmental, you're accepting, you're candid, you're forthright, and see what happens. If somebody's not invested in the relationship, you be invested to the point you should be, but let other people be themselves. If you're not a career or like your job, what are you going to do to find peace and contentment there? What is your purpose for that? That is the biggest piece of advice I can give you. So truly, truly, if you're not happy, you change you and watch how the world bends towards you. Hmm. I just got goosebumps or what I call truth bumps now. Thank you for that. <laughs> what, is, um, what is your explanation or definition or how would you um, explain harnessing the power of the universe for change? Can you, can you share with me a little bit about your own philosophy when, when that term gets used? How do you see you know, it? It is so amazing. I come from a tech background. I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. So everything has to have analytical reasoning. So I always came from this place that, you know, X equals Y equals Z, you know, times A and B. Um, what I've begun to learn in my life is there is something so beautiful about the universe. And I now live in a very spiritual place in my life live in a place of acceptance, but I also realize that it is your attitude which will draw to you everything, the affirmations you say every day. If you every day tell yourself when you get up that life sucks, that your partner sucks, that life is crummy, that you don't have enough money, you don't, nobody likes you, you have absolutely created that reality because the universe wants to deliver you everything that you ask for. So if you say, I wish I had more money that goes, Oh, Cynthia wishes she had more money. We'll make sure she's always in a wishing state. If you say, my partner's ugly and rude, 
they're going to make sure that that's your, your truth and your realism. I read this thing by Carl Sagan, and I really want to do a book about this, which is talking about turning on our own luck. If you look at the fact that you are born on this earth, and the, and I don't have the numbers, but it's like in a quadrillion, zillion, gabillion number that you were born and live on this planet at this time, at this moment. I want you to stop and think about that. The fact that you are born and exist is beyond the largest lottery you will ever win. It is bigger than that. If you start your life that you know you are a lottery winner, think about how that changes every decision you do. As I shared with you before, I have a vision board. I had an Adobe house on that vision board. I live in an Adobe house that I bought in a foreclosure auction that was originally 800000 and I got it for 190000 <laughs> That wow. is letting the universe do the work. What you have to do, it is such beautiful, beautiful wisdom that it is so simple. The, the simplicity and the elegance of the simplicity of the universe, if you let that work for you, you will be astonished at what happens. I keep, I have a Pinterest board and I keep, every time I see an affirmation like, I like, I post it on there. I always think I have more money than I will ever need. I live in a place of gratitude and abundance. The other thing I do is I keep, and I have pictures around me of things that really ignite me or excite me or I want to remember. The other thing is I want you, and I want you, Molly, and your, your audience to listen to this, is the word currency. And I don't mean currency in the sense of money. I mean currency as in how water flows, how a river flows. If you think about everything that comes through your life, and I used to be, and I'm speaking from experience, everything negative that happened to me, I held on to it as a grievance, as a grudge, as distrust, as anger, as disbelief. That So every insult or slight, whether or not it's true that it really was, you perceived it that way. When we hold on to that, what happens is every time we do that, we build another stone in the dam of letting life throw through us, throw all of that away, throw it away. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. Let it go. Use it as a pow empowerment and let currency flow through you. So I keep a picture which has the word currency on it and a river flowing through me every single day. I don't want to hold on to anything negative. I let Whatever's meant to be for me, I let it come into my being. And I always picture it going right through my core, flowing to me. I keep what's for me, what's empowering, what's positive, what I need, what the universe says is for me. And I let everything else go because that's for somebody else. So those are some of the things I use every single day to make my life more fulfilling and purposeful. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Well, you, you, I asked you for a couple of things to send my way in terms of just topics that we might want to brainstorm and talk on on this on this podcast. And I chuckled when I saw one of the bullets turn on your damn turn on your own damn luck. <laughs> and, and I would love for us to tap into that because I think it's so true at whatever age, phase, whatever generation, whoever you are in the world, um, that sense of empowering yourself to, to, to pivot, to make that turn that corner, you know, to create something out of your own energy and your own sheer will 
to do something different, to make a change. Um, you know, and, and how, how could one do that? I mean, it, it could be small steps, it could be big steps. I'd love for you to kind of um, dive into that a little bit. You know, how have you been able to, and what are some, what are some ideas or even mindsets, you know, that we could shift to turn on your own dang luck? It's so true. So first and foremost is telling yourself you're lucky. Tell yourself you're lucky. And if you're doubtful that you're lucky, think about the fact that you are born and you exist here on this world. Think about that for a second. You are born. The statistical chance that you would be born are so big, there will never be a lottery as big as the fact that you were born. Just think about that. Think about that if you're sitting in front of an opportunity, and I wrote an article on this one time, and you go in and you, you worked a long time to have a meeting to get this deal for your company. You're an entrepreneur, you work for a company, and this would be a winner deal. And you're sitting there, you're biting your nails, everything that could go wrong. Now imagine that your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your spouse called and said, you're not going to believe this, we just won the lottery. Now, how do you feel in that moment with that knowledge that you will never have to worry another moment about money? What would happen when they called you in for that deal? Do you think you'd land the deal? You're damn right you'd win that deal. <laughs> it is the same thing. So first and foremost is recognizing that you are a miracle in fact that you exist. There will never be a lottery as big as the fact that you live here in this earth. That's number one. Number two, stand in a moment and realize how lucky you are. Look around you. You may not think you live in the house you want. You have shelter. You have a phone. You have the internet. We do not understand what poverty is. And even the poorest person can be a king or a queen, even if they're hopeless, homeless, because they realize that they've made a choice in their life. So one, recognize that. Every single day, my husband and I get up and we say, we are the two luckiest people on this earth. We live in gratitude. We live in joy. We make sure when we take a walk every single morning, I say a prayer of gratitude to the universe. Whatever your God is, it doesn't have to be what mine is. He or she, it is recognizing that. Be happy. I live in a place where I don't have grass, but I have trees and cactus and wild animals around me. I'm always in gratitude of that. And that's the other thing. Make sure you say an affirmation. Everything that's in your way, write that an affirmation as though it exists at this moment. Don't write it like, I want, I wish, I hope. Say it though, I have the most incredible friends in life. I have a job I love. I paint beautiful artwork that people appreciate. And it doesn't matter whether they do, it's what you do that matters. So make sure that you surround yourself in that moment of gratitude and peace and appreciation. Two, surround yourself with people like you, Molly. Do not if people are in a negative space and they tend to bring you down, which neuroscience show that people will, fire your bad friends. That doesn't mean call them up and hand them a pink slip. It just means distance yourself from people who are negative influence that are trying. It's a human factor. So make sure you surround yourself with positive, positive people. And then read good, positive things all the time. And choose every single moment that you're going to be happy. Because when you're happy, your mind will be subconsciously aware of opportunity when it presents itself. Well, well, that was the next thing is, you know, why, why is it so important for us as human beings uh, to be in that space to, to be happy? Actually, I wouldn't even say a space of happiness, a state of mind, but to be happy, to be, 
you know, in this place of bliss and joy, why is it so important for a human being to find that bliss within their, themselves and create that environment for themselves in life? You know, I think we are surrounded by influences that tend to be on the negative. Like we're taught from a year, here we have these beautiful babies that are born in this world. Perfection, a moment of perfection. And then the next six years, we do everything to make sure that we don't absolutely give them the opportunity. We, we teach them the negative. And I understand you have to say, don't touch, that'll hurt you. You know, color, color is great, but color inside the lines. And what we need to do is realize that imperfection is joy. It is the mistakes we make in life that create sometimes the most wonderful, beautiful things that happen. So it is incredibly important. And it seems like it's wrong. Like, there's something wrong with you if you're that happy. Like, what is <laughs> wrong with you? Do you not see how things aren't going great? And I made a decision years ago that I would choose every single moment to look at the things to be happy and grateful for and not the things, yes, I have things that worry me and I have challenges, but I choose in every single moment to live in happiness. And it is a choice. People think it's not, but it is a choice. Have you ever met people who've had cancer and they come back and they say it was the best thing that ever happened to them? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the universe will hit a difficult pivot, which makes you step back and go, whoa, whoa, chasing that million dollar contract was not near as important as showing up in my life and loving every single moment of what I have. So that's got to come back to be our perspective. Because when you do that, that is what we're here in the world to do is to live in joy and happiness. Mm. We're not here. I mean, it's great. You know, money's great, but that's not the counter when you go and you say, what did I do in life? I'm not going to go back and say, wow, I did that deal, but I didn't show up for my mom's birthday. You know, really, what was it that was really important that you do? When you mm. do that, you really find your own personal joy. It's not me to say what your joy is, but it's for you to know what your joy is. Well, Cynthia, I wanted our audience and our listeners to really get a taste and a sense of who you are and how much you give and how much you love. And now that you're in this uh, personal place of abundance and overflow, um, you know, you travel the world and you've spoken on very, very large stages. You've affiliated yourself with some really high-end, high-tech uh, organizations as well as people. And yet you, your biggest purpose in life is to truly share all of your knowledge with those that need it. And I would love for you now to share with us what enabling um, Enable Women is all about and what the mission is and how do we um, become a part of it and support you and support other women. I'm so happy you asked me about Enable Women. You know, when I took a step back from, and if anybody lives in D.C. or listening to this, it is an incredibly amazing, powerful, busy, overwhelming environment. And I love Washington, D.C., and I especially love my friends and the people I got to know there. Enable women. And when I took a step back, because Success in the City really t focused on building relationships among women who are powerful and influential and successful and build those peer relationships. But there's this global world out there that really needs to be touched. I believe that the salvation of the world will come through women. And this is in no way 
to diminish how incredibly important and valuable men are in my life. I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for all the men in my life who so strongly believed in me, my husband, my brother, my brother-in-law, all those men who absolutely stood behind me and watched me live my life and do all the things that I've done. But it is important because, and I had the opportunity, I, I used to do a lot of interviews in Washington, D.C., and one of the people I interviewed was Peter Buffett. Mm. And Peter Buffett is Warren Buffett's son. And Peter Buffett, each of the Warren children have, uh, Buffett children have a, a foundation that they manage. And one of the purposes or focus of his foundation is helping women. Because one thing they have found is that when you give women the opportunity to succeed and have opportunity to earn, and that money goes back to their family and the community at a greater degree than it does through men. Not that men don't give back what they do, but women really drive caring for the family. And when you give women that, that changes the world. So enable women through mobile technology are able around the world. So this is not just for successful women. And I want every entrepreneur to have a business app, which will help them gather data and begin to change the world, but to also be able to have a business. If you look what's happening in, in uh, Africa today, mobile phones are used as a form of currency, meaning that they actually trade money right through their phone. So that is a technology that almost every, everybody in the world today has access to. So you may not have a big PC and an iPad and a laptop and all the things that I have at my disposal and so many women in America do. But if we could help women have access to knowledge and commerce and, all, and knowledge and resources through one source, I think we can broaden the scope of women to begin to impact the world. So that's what we're doing. So we want to, so through Enable Women, we're creating technology apps, which will provide the resources and not just the app so they can have their business in a place to do global commerce, but also to give them the knowledge to understand how to use this. Just like you, you and I talked about how so many people you work with today are a little challenged by understanding social media and social technology. So that's the other thing we want to do. So the other thing we're doing is we've added a nonprofit arm to enable women, which is called Street Mate. And right now it's based in Australia and it helps homeless women ensure that they have shelter because you want it when women very often are homeless they also have children who are homeless and this is a dynamic we need to change we need to create the baseline of security for women and children so that their survival is more meaningful and purposeful and then the last thing we're doing and this kind under this umbrella is we're launching something we're working on too called pray for and pray for is app technology to help those who are in the service of community through um, religion, and it doesn't matter any religion, I don't care what your religion is, whether it's Catholic or Muslim or anything else, to bring the power of prayer. But what really excites me about this, and I, I found this a long time ago, I was preparing for a speech, was that prior, we have um, global com computers that are connected around the world. In fact, one of them is in uh, Fairfax, Virginia. I can't tell you where, but it's where, it's kind of like the brain center where all of these major com computers are in connected in this world and just prior to 9-11 48 hours prior to the first plane hitting they have never seen this before but if you kind of know how to read data the computers that were connected globally all spiked at a higher level than they've ever done before which showed a consciousness and awareness that something was going to happen within 15 minutes of the first plane hitting they went back to normal 
This indicates that there is a global consciousness among humans. And I know this and I believe this to the core of my building being that we are interconnected through our intellect, through neuroscience, and that if we can begin to change the world, not through screaming, not through yelling, but if we can do it through consciousness, if we can find a way to connect the world to stop for a moment and have a moment of prayer, whatever prayer is to you, to think together about something we want to change for peace, for love, for harmony on this planet, what can we do? So that's the other thing we're working on. I'm really excited to see if we can connect the world to take a moment and maybe lower the rhetoric, lower the angst, and find a place that consciousness can change the world. So those are just a few of the things we're working on. And I'm painting and fit, taking pictures too. <laughs> so That's it? That's, that's it. all. That's, that's all, all you're I'm doing. doing. That's all I'm doing. You're just <laughs> out in the out in the desert somewhere, you know, walking barefoot, and that's it, right? In the in the sands of New Mexico. <laughs> you don't walk barefoot outside because there are a lot of stickers you get in your foot. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. That just means I have to go and visit you soon, so I can actually understand what's out there and the reality of it versus these beautiful pictures that I see all about New Mexico, but thank you so I much, would, Cynthia. I would love for you to get a group of women and come stay with me, and let's talk about how we together can change the world. I love that so much. Well, there's a couple things that I would like to, in closing, before we close out the interview, I would like for you to share with our audience again, um, you know, just some final words of wisdom um, to the women out there who might be listening, but also to the men. You know, how do we, as a collective, as human beings, really take ownership of our uniqueness and our gifts and our talents and all the experience in one package, in one person, and uh, elevate all of us in the world. Some final thoughts? You know, don't tell people what you are. Show people what you are. Be that change. Know that everything you do from the moment you arise to the moment you go to bed has impact on this world. Good, bad, indifferent, happy, whatever you choose to be. And know that whatever you do, whoever you help, if you change one person for the better, you have no idea where that's going to reverberate. I can't tell you what it means to me when I hear from people that I've never met and they've heard me or they've met me briefly that I don't recall meeting and they say how something I said or did change the world. We all can do that for the planet and for each other. We have a responsibility to show love, caring, compassion, especially at this time where it seems like the divide is bigger than ever. We have to stand firm and stand between the divide and hold out our hands to both sides and say, I care, I hear you, I'm listening. Let's make this work for the world. You don't have to go in and fall into other people's rhetoric. You be you, you be honest, you be true, you be loving, you be caring, and watch what happens. Mm. Cynthia, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about all your initiatives and Able Women and also just connect with you? Well, they can certainly look me up, Cynthia DiLorenzi, on um, Google. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff out there. Um, you can always just Google me or you can email at CynthiaDLorenzi at gmail.com. But you can find me. Um, I do a lot of 
speaking about technology and Google and Google Plus and Google, all kinds of stuff. So I'm, I'm out there a lot. So you can look me up on Success in the City, and I look forward to hearing from you. Great. Well, I just want to also say I love who you are. Um, I love what you're doing. I love what you stand for. And as a personal friend, I love you very much. Thank you so much for being a great, great, amazing mentor. Um, I feel connected to you as I did the first day we met. And I know it's going to be a lifelong thing. And I'm just so grateful that you're allowing me to share you with the world. I loved it. Thank you. And I hope you're going to come see me soon, Molly. I would love it. I would love it. I think we're going to focus on our summit this year and get that, you know, really to a place where we can take it nationally and internationally. And maybe we'll do something out there with you. I would love it. I would love it. (laughs) So, well, I will definitely be in touch with you about all those great ideas and let's brainstorm. And again, I appreciate your time. And for our listeners, thank you so much for always tuning in, supporting us. I'm grateful that you're a part of the SOAR Community Network. And we continue to bring you amazing people just like Cynthia. And uh, we will talk to you very, very soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.